The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rock. My name is Bill Welder. You are listening to episode 258 of the podcast. So you're joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, I, I think. I think the Twitter works. So follow on Twitter at MMA on the Rocks if you want to catch a show live, or you can subscribe on YouTube or Facebook. Turn the notifications on so you know when we're going live, like right now. Today's Sunday, October the 3rd. It feels weird saying October, even though it's been October for three days. It just feels like it shouldn't be October yet. Maybe because I'm in Florida and it's still 90 degrees. My wife was asking me if I wanted to go to a pumpkin patch today. I'm like, I don't want to pick a sweaty pumpkin that's <laughs> already like decomposing in this Florida heat. Um, uh, some MMA stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll get into John Jones and and his debacle. Um, before we get to any of that, let me introduce all the way from New Jersey and now fully vaccinated, folks. Jeff, the animal. Wilson, Jeff, how you feeling on this Sunday morning, my friend? Rare, rare morning show. Yeah, Bill, a lot better than I was feeling yesterday, man. I got vaccinated Friday night, took a Tylenol before bed. Uh, after I ate something, took a Tylenol before when I woke up because I had to coach a girls' soccer game. Uh-huh. Uh, got home from the soccer game, I was feeling fine until. I, you know, settled down and got home and stuff. And then, Bill, my bones started to hurt. I felt hot and cold at the same time. So I just, my solution was to have the AC on and get under a big blanket. So that's how I took care of that. (laughs) Did you ever see the movie Rookie of the Year, Jeff? No, I don't know what that is. Oh, I mean, it's a baseball movie from, like, I guess the... I guess the late nineties it came out um, and it had the, the kid from American pie in it, not the main character, but like one of the, uh, one of the main four anyway, but he was just a kid in this movie, but long story short in the movie, there's an actor called Daniel Stern. You would know him from home alone. He played um, the taller bad guy. Okay. And he plays like kind of a wacky character that he actually wrote into the movie for himself plays like the hitting coach of the Chicago Cubs and um he, he's just like a total screwball but um in a, in the movie he says uh you know he's like some guys like to ice their shoulders other guys think heat is the way to go but i have the solution hot ice <laughs> i heat up the ice cubes <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and he's oh, like man. it the way he plays it like so like so goofy like deadpan goofy he's like it's the best of both worlds uh, <laughs> and it that it just reminded me of that hot ice i oh, guess man. 
that that may have been what gave them the the idea for icy hot. Uh, you know, I I was the year. I was thinking that while you were saying that, I was thinking of icy hot actually. Um, but yeah, Bill. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, rough schedule. This last weekend, we had uh, five game between the JV and varsity teams. I had to coach in five games in uh, six days. So, bit of a rough schedule, but I think you know that was like the hard part of our schedule. Uh, but Bill, I feel like September lasted forever, dude. I don't know if it's because uh, I'm finally back in school with kids in the classroom, or if it's because I get home mm-hmm. at eight or nine o'clock sometimes. But September felt like the never-ending month, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I could see how it would. Um, I, I remember, I remember those days back when I was a classroom teacher, many moons, many lifetimes ago. Um, yeah, it, it could be a little rough, but then I, I feel like like once October hit, then like before you knew it, it was Christmas break, you know, like the, the, the school year kind of flies by. And then next thing, it's like you're getting ready for summer. You're just showing movies every day. Um, For those of you watching the show, you can probably tell I'm not at home. Um, I'm in a hotel in Delray Beach, Florida. Um, On the road again, Jeff. Uh, So what else is new? Of course, it, it seems like every time there's one of these early cards, I'm not able to watch it. We got Bruce Bob Trotter giving his opinion uh, on the main event. The main event sucked ass. <laughs> oh man! All caps. Um, I <laughs> I I'm not going to disagree with you, Bruce, but I'm going to try and uh, I'm going to try and put it a little more eloquently if I could. Um, yeah. So I'm here in in Delray Beach, um, uh, unfortunately, to attend. Uh, an internment service or funeral service. Uh, my brother-in-law's father passed away uh, a few months ago, actually, but uh, you know, he lives in Switzerland. So he had, it took a little while to arrange everything. So uh, tomorrow morning is going to be the service. Um, so always, always an unfortunate experience. Um, these things. So, We'll dedicate this show to Jay. Um, I guess what would what what would his relationship be to me? He's my brother-in-law's father. He's my uh, I don't know if anybody is good with the family tree stuff. Let me know. Uh, it's ten a.m., so I'm drinking coffee. But I do have right next to me the old faithful, Jeff. You remember this one, the old granddad, bottled in bond. Um, probably one of the best value bourbons out there on the market. You could pick up a bottle of this for 20, 25 bucks. It's a hundred proof. It tastes awesome. Um, so I'll be to this a little bit later. Um, it, it's just like probably probably the best value bourbon out there only this year and then uh i don't know what the sound quality like is like for you guys but i brought my microphone and i I lugged it all the way here and then 
I realized I didn't have the adapter to plug it into my laptop because I have this new MacBook with which you know you need like ten different adapters to be able to use anything with it. In any case, nobody cares about the behind the scenes stuff. Let's talk about uh, some MMA. Agree with you, Bill. So, um, so, so, Bill, go ahead. Try and convince me. What was that? Try to convince me. What did? What did you? Give me some highlights of this main event, because Bill, I'm coming up blank. All right. Yeah, it, it. This was a rough one. Um. Uh. So UFC Fight Night 193 or UFC Vegas 38 main event: Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker. On paper, you know, this is an awesome fight. Like, how could it be bad? But it was. Um. <laughs> to be honest, Jeff, and you know, all due respect to anybody who gets in there, especially at the highest level, um, and getting in there for a main event against a. a another killer uh you know both of these guys are dangerous but we had basically like a a Derek Lewis Francis Ngannou situation where these two just kind of circled each other like old-timey boxers like circling their fists like this <laughs> and um it was it was not entertaining uh Tiago Santos won the unanimous decision I kind of thought Johnny Walker was winning the fight because he was pressuring forward most of the time. Um, but Santos had like the two biggest strikes of the fight. You know, he, he landed a big shot, a big punch to Johnny's face and he landed a big body kick. And those uh, pr were pretty much the only two things that happened in the entire fight. Um, other than that, it was like a glorified sparring session, Jeff. So, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I'd I'd love to take a positive spin on it, but um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a fun fight. I mean, I I was struggling to to get through it. I was like, man, is this is this gonna be done yet? Oh no, we still have four more rounds of this. <laughs> oh man, so uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, Bill, but understandable, dude. But Bill, how much of that do you think was the respect? that these two guys had for each other and how much of it do you think is Tiago Silva I'm sorry Tiago Santos being maybe a little tentative after uh, his last few fights in light heavyweight division and that double knee surgery yeah yeah it could be a combination of those things plus you know Johnny Walker uh working with Kavanaugh now over in Ireland you know he had like a smarter game plan he wasn't coming in there being reckless because you know that was getting knocked out but at the same time, being reckless is what made him have success early in his UFC career. Um, so it was kind of a, a double-edged sword, or maybe the opposite of that. Maybe it was like a no-edged sword. So it was just like a stick. <laughs> it was starting to sound to me like it was a plastic um, sword, Bill. Yeah, maybe. It's just a toy, a toy sword. Like a one of those toy pirate swords you get at Disney World for eighty nine dollars. <laughs> uh, Bill, you would know a lot uh, better yeah, than me, so, man. I, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, Disney World is—you know—they're good at getting your money. Now they got the fiftieth anniversary going on. 
and I'm sure we're going to find ourselves there pretty soon since we have our uh, annual passes. I'll keep you guys <laughs> updated on that. Uh, listening to me talk about taking my kid to Disney World is probably more interesting than the 25 minutes that this fight was, <laughs> this main event. I could narrate it for you. Like, and then we went on the Dumble ride eight times. <laughs> and you guys would be like, anybody who saw this main event would be like, wow, that's so interesting, Bill. Um, a little bit more interesting, at least, Jeff, was this co-main event that had an unfortunate ending. Kevin Holland and Kyle Dawkins. So <clears throat> I didn't catch it at first. I thought Kyle Dawkins just dropped Kevin Holland with like an overhand. Uh, so Kyle changed levels, Jeff, and he came back up to throw a punch and they clashed heads. Kevin Holland was out unconscious. And then Dan Murgiotta was about to stop the fight. And then all of a sudden Kevin Holland woke up, started fighting back, but he was basically still unconscious. And then Kyle Dawkins um, caught him in a couple of different submissions. Yeah, he was going for a an anaconda choke at one point, and then he wound up on Kevin Holland's back and uh, just beat his brains in and then made him tap with a rear naked choke. Um, Dan Mergliata immediately called for a review. So him and Herb Dean and Mark Ratner and a few other people cage side reviewed it, and they decided um, that it was a no contest because basically after the clash of heads, Kyle Dawkins was fighting and unconscious Kevin Holland. And it sucks because even Kevin Holland was saying, like, he deserves a win. Like, you know, it was an accidental headbutt. Like, he didn't mean to do it. Um, you know, he, I was still fighting back, and he submitted me. Like, he deserves to win. Of course, Kyle Dawkins was disappointed. But just, like, kind of a bizarre ending. And it seemed like very, it seemed like very unprofessional because, you know, Mergliata asked for the review, but then there's like 10 people standing around talking about it for 10 minutes. And it's like, do you guys know what you're doing? Like, have you, any of you done this before? Like, why do you need, why do you need all these people? Like Joe Silva was in there. I think they invited a few people from the audience to come look at the, <laughs> at the review. There was like a custodian that was like, oh yeah, maybe a no contest. <laughs> the guy's standing there holding a mop. <laughs> he's like i don't know about this one he you know he did tap him but <laughs> um <clears throat> hyperbole a little bit slight exaggeration but um yeah i don't know what do you think jeff uh i mean it's it's a tough it's a tough one to call bill because like you said there's a clash of heads um that clearly visibly affected uh the outcome here but at the mm -hmm. same time like you said um you know kevin holland kept fighting kept swinging for the hills here um i i, I don't know how you call it. i don't think there's a there's a good uh outcome to this um you know i think at least the no contest is kind of fair because you can always run it back as opposed to to finalizing a decision here uh for someone yeah. So I, I think given the circumstances, we'll let it slide for this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely benefits Kevin Holland because, you know, he doesn't get that tap-out loss on his record, um, and he's had a pretty rough go of it. So he gets a, a do-over, basically. It, 
it's weird because you know Kyle Dawkins was fighting a guy who was fighting back, but he was also like not really conscious. You know, it was like it was like he submitted like a grappling dummy that that was like fighting back a little bit. Um, so you know, go back and and watch this one, Jeff. Uh, there's a couple other highlights on this card that are worth checking out. Um, but you know, you know, take a look at that. The, the way the headbutt happened was so weird. I'd never seen anything like it because, you know, Kyle changed levels. And then as he was coming back up, Kevin kind of dipped his head. Um, I guess, you know, he was going to sprawl or something, but they clashed heads, but it was the top of Dawkus's head going into like the face of Kevin Holland, like the jaw. So that's why he got kind of knocked out. Um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, Nico Price, unanimous decision over Alex Oliveira. Uh, not much to talk about here. I mean, it was, you know, Nico Price won the first round. Oliveira won the second round. The third round was close, but Nico Price uh, got it to the ground and for like the last minute was just beating the brakes off Oliveira, who just had no gas left in the tank. Um, I can't blame him, man. I'd be exhausted, too, if I had 19 kids. So that was that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I guess that's why they call him Cowboy, right? <laughs> yeah, he's just, uh, you know, he rides across the plains, spreads his seed, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then gets into fistfights. Um, Christoph Jocko, split decision over Misha Serkinov. I didn't see that one. Uh, Alex Hernandez, nasty first-round knockout over Mike Breeden. Um, this was one. Uh, worth checking out uh, it was so Hernandez landed like a big combination started off with a with a hook and a straight right down the pipe that knocked out Breeden's mouthpiece and then after that you could tell Breeden just didn't want to be in there anymore um, w- which was unfortunate because that made Alex pour it on even more and he landed an overhand that that put Mike Breeden out cold um, they were calling it a walk-off but it wasn't really the, the ref stepped in and and um, and stopped it, but definitely check that one out, Jeff. Jared Gordon split decision over Joe Selecki. Didn't watch it. Casey O'Neill battered Antonina Shevchenko. Like Ooh. this, it was it was bad. She she took her down, nice double leg off the cage, and then got on top, was dropping elbows, and then just like donkey konging her, just like double hammer fists. Uh, until uh, Chris Tanyoni stepped in and and saved Antonina, um, but yeah, one sided beating here, Jeff. Um, that one's worth watching. The the highlight, uh, Carol Rosa, unanimous decision over Betch Correa, who then subsequently retired. I thought she was already retired, but I guess this was her retirement fight, and nobody seems to care. Uh, congratulations, I guess. I mean, I, I I think she's most well known for getting knocked out by Ronda Rousey, uh, in you know in a title fight that she was given because there was nobody else to fight Ronda Rousey at the time. But um, I, I mean, I guess congratulations, Best Correa, yeah, well, for retiring again. <laughs> I still, uh, Bill, I have a framed poster of that UFC card with uh, with Betch Correa and uh, and Ronda Rousey on it. 
as uh-huh. uh, as, as the main uh, main event. So I'm really proud of that. So that's why um, congratulations to Betchkoya for retiring. That's oh, that's okay. my claim to fame uh, for Betchkoya. That's your claim that's, to that's, fame having a having a poster of famous people is your claim to fame. Yeah, yeah, but not only that, Bill. That's 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 my highlight reel of Betchkoya's fighting career. Is having a picture. Of her. <laughs> I think it's most people <laughs> because I think it was We're MMA Junkie put out. They put out an article like, "What's your best bet Korea memory?" And it's like, she got knocked out by Ronda out. Maybe getting knocked out by Holly Holm. <laughs> I don't that know. happened. I don't. I don't even remember her fighting Holly Holm. I think so. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't remember anything about her after the Ronda Rousey fight <laughs> or before. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like, she could have retired right after that. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Bill, you're, uh, it's hard to argue with that logic. <laughs> and I wasn't, I was planning to shit on John Jones this episode, not Bech Koea, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, Bill, I don't even know it's worth it to keep going on, on Bech Koea. Just feel, yeah. you know, I'm just Let's glad that, this... sorry. Let's dedicate this episode. Like I'm, I have right in front of me, Jeff, like who beat her and i couldn't tell you the name like i looked away from it for a second and i forgot yeah, um i'm just glad that this poster i have of her and ronda is from before the fight um because uh she wasn't looking so good after the fight bill <laughs> no no she got battered that was like around the time when uh dana white was saying that ronda rousey could could uh, beat Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. <laughs> that statement oh. did not age well. Yeah. Mark says Neither. that's just the GOAT. The GOAT. The most forgettable of all time. You know, I've met a, I've met a lot of GOATs in my lifetime, Jeff. None of them were very memorable. You know, they're all pretty much the same. You know, they, they'll, they'll eat those uh, crumbs that you, that you buy out of the machine for 25 cents. And, um, you, you know, sometimes, sometimes they'll stand on something really high. Bill, I did feel bad for that one goat we saw when we went apple picking because his horn was growing like into the back of his head. Oh, okay. So maybe some goats are memorable, but most of them are like, you know, they're pretty generic animals. Um, Jamie, big come from behind victory, uh, knocked out Devontae Smith in the, in the second round. Uh, so Malarkey lost the first round badly and then comes back and he was throwing some heavy shots on Devontae Smith, had him up against the cage. And he was just winging punches, like not great technique, but just slamming them in there and, and um, you know, got the job done, put him down. And uh, Dan Mergliata had to step in and get him out of there. Then probably one of the nastiest KOs of the night, Douglas Silgeraj, uh knocking out Gaetano Perillo um, in the first round. This was just, he just starched him. That was a good one. And then uh, Stephanie Egger, second round, TKO uh, via elbows over Shanna Young. And then Alejandro Perez uh, submitted Johnny Eduardo with, like, uh, a scarf hold arm bar, Jeff. It was actually pretty pretty slick. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about this is that after Chris Tagnoni stopped the fight when Eduardo tapped, Alejandro Perez kept him locked up in the arm bar while he was, like, pointing up at this guy. I don't know if like this guy was falling or if he was thanking God for um, 
giving him the ability to break another man's arm. Uh, I don't know what was going on there, but he basically had Eduardo's arm tangled up in his legs. Um, it, it it's a nasty it's a nasty arm bar because it's you know two legs against one arm. Like there's no way there's no way to defend it, and the, you know the rest of his body was pinned to the canvas. Uh, I can't do it justice. You're gonna have to go back and watch this one, Jeff. I think you would appreciate the submission. Um, but yeah, I did not like the fact that he stopped to celebrate while he still had the dude's arm tangled up after the fight was stopped. That was a pretty shitty move. Um, and that was it. That was, the, that was a card. It actually wasn't a bad card. Like there were some great moments, uh, mostly on the prelims, you know, a lot of great finishes. Um, if I had to give you a couple to go back and watch, you know, definitely watch the Kevin Holland, Kyle Dawkins, just because of how weird it was. Um, the Antonina Shevchenko beat down from Casey O'Neill. Uh, watch the highlight of Jamie Malarkey's finish. Um, the Silva de Andrade knockout. Um, you know, that fight was only two minutes long. And, and check out that submission from Alejandro Perez. Other than that, you know, the main card was pretty lackluster. And, of course... Aspen Ladd was meant to be on this card, Jeff. I don't know if you saw that, but um, yeah, she had another scary. She had another scary incident where she was trying to make weight and like basically passed out on the scale again, uh, so they would not clear her to fight. And I think it's pretty obvious at this point she needs to move up and wait. Like she's just not, she's not meant to be at that weight class. It's just, it's not in the cards for her. So unfortunate because you know aspen lad is a you know she's a serious talent but just not very talented at, at cutting weight or or realizing which weight class she should be in so somebody needs to step in there and, and give her a hand get her a nutritionist or get her to to move up because obviously she's she's just cutting way too much weight because this is the second time she's like basically passed out on the scale um you want to take a look at next week's card, Jeff, which Bruce says, are you pricks looking forward to the worst main event in UFC history next card, Dern versus Rodriguez, or the one after, Holm versus Dumont, which is worse? Um, I can see why they would put Mackenzie Dern in a main event over Holly Holm. Like, I... I don't understand why the UFC keeps pushing Holly Holm down our throats. And I, I know that might annoy some people because there's a lot of big Holly Holm fans out there, but it's like, it's like, what they're like, what are we going to do with Holly Holm? She's lost four of her last five. Let's give her another title shot. And then she, <laughs> and then she loses that. And I'm like, now what do we do with her? Uh, let's put her in a main event against somebody. Nobody knows. So I guess I'm looking forward to Mackenzie Dern more because at least that's like an up-and-coming star. She's got a highlight reel uh, and a fake Brazilian accent. Um, you know, so there's some fun talking points there. And then, you know, Marina Rodriguez, good striker. I believe she's undefeated in the UFC. Uh, no, I'm wrong. She has a split decision loss to Carla Esparza. Um, but, you know, she's coming off a win over Michelle Watterson. Uh, she knocked out Amanda Hebas, so there's definitely something to see here. I didn't even know Holly Holm was fighting next week, so I, I hope that answers your question, Bruce. 
Um, but yeah, let's talk about it next week. Marina Rodriguez, the striker against the grappler and Mackenzie Dern here. Um, it, it's kind of interesting to me because Mackenzie Dern has like this wild striking style because she's not afraid to go to the ground. She's not afraid to pull guard in MMA, which is really bizarre. Um, that's not something you would ever want to do. Uh, but you know, she's got the jujitsu to do it. I mean, I think she's got the only leg lock submission in women's MMA history in the UFC. So, you know, will Rodriguez be able to stand in front of her without being afraid of going to the ground? Because, uh, you know, that's, that's deep waters right off the bat. As soon as you hit the ground with Mackenzie Dern, what do you think, Jeff? Yeah, dude. Um, interesting to see how Rodriguez is going to approach this fight because uh, I agree with you, Bill. I think she's definitely better on the feet. Uh, so going to the ground should not be an option, dude. Dern is just way too dangerous there. Um, and Bruce, to answer your question, uh, I agree with Bill, man. I uh, had no idea that Holly Holm was even in a main event coming up. And I think Dern Rodriguez is going to be, I feel like, Overall, as MMA fighters, they're a little bit closer in skill level. Um, you know, they each have things that they're good at. Uh, and then the other stuff is kind of just added on, if that makes sense. Uh, like for Dern, you know, she's a good grappler, but then the striking's kind of added on. And Rodriguez, a really good striker, but I'm sure she's got some grappling added on. So I feel like that's going to be a little bit more competitive. But definitely interesting to see how Rodriguez is going to approach this one. Mm -hmm. yeah for sure um i don't i don't hate this card jeff this is um the co-main event here randy brown and and jared gooden um that should be a fun fight your boy randy brown uh fellow uh henzo gracie student um so that's a good fight you got tim elliott who's never in a boring fight against Mateus nicolau um and then here's my sleeper pick, Jeff. Phil Hawes and Duran Wynn. Uh, this is a really fun fight. Duran Wynn, five foot six, and <laughs> fighting at middleweight is just awesome to me. Um, mm -hmm. not, not at all the weight class he belongs in. You know, at five foot six, it, it, you wouldn't even be the tallest guy at 135 pounds. And yeah. here he is getting in there <laughs> with, with a monster like Phil Hawes, who just had crazy knockout power um but you know will he be able to deal with the wrestling of duran Wint? you know uh if duran can push him up against the cage and get some blood in those big old arms will he be able to swing him um or will phil hawes you know catch him coming in uh that's what makes this matchup interesting to me uh it definitely stands out uh, on the card i'll throw a couple more your way jeff um jamie pickett against loriano starpoli um, Charles Rosa, Damon Jackson, and yeah, that's pretty much it. But, um, I'm not recognizing a lot of the names on here to be honest, but th those are usually the cards that surprise you because those are the people, you know, they want you to know who they are. So they're going to go out there and try to make an impression. So that's why I, I tend to look forward. Um, <laughs> Mark Phillips says five foot six standing on a milk crate. <laughs> yeah i think Duran wins not a big dude he, he he might even be shorter than that uh, what what i have in front of me on sure dog says he's five six but he does look shorter but I, especially when he's getting in there with guys like gerald mearshart who 
Gerald Mearsart is they they have him as six foot one, but I met that guy and he was like a foot taller than me. <laughs> I think he's like seven foot one. And they made a mistake. Um, Bruce says that Dana White should fight Oscar De La Hoya and settle the beef once and for all. I think Dana trashes him. Yeah, dude. Dana White's a <laughs> big dude, man. Yeah. Um, but but um, not but, only that, like Oscar De La Hoya, like barely knows where he is anymore. He's so like drunk and high all the time. Like just, he, he's not the same. Um, yeah, dude. It, which is sad to see a guy like fall so far. You know, former like one of the best champions ever had that epic fight with Floyd Mayweather, um, Olympian. You know all the all the accolades and just like now he's just known as being a coked out like fight promoter. Sad. Yeah. Um, but, but I wanted to make the transition right there. Like speaking of trash legacies, let's talk go about. For it. Let's Jones. do it. Let's do it. Should it. All right. So you done? You done uh, previewing this card next week? Yeah, it looks pretty awesome. I'm excited for that Hawes win fight. Uh, like you said, Hawes got a lot of power, but uh, win can grapple, man. He's like a DC at middleweight, is how I look at him. So I can't. Yeah, win. yeah, I believe they're buddies too. So like DC is it? <laughs> what is DC? He's like five ten. Yeah, something fighting like at that. heavyweight, crazy yeah. if you think about it. But Bill, you speaking saw, of, you said, oh, huh, what's up? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of DC, I mean, we could start talking about a man who's only beaten him once in his UFC career. Yeah, technically. No, there's no technically, Bill. All right, he only beat him one time. <laughs> well, I mean, he technically defeated him twice, but, you know, the second time was overturned by the Athletic Commission. Um... This is tough for me, Jeff, because like as far as in the cage goes, I and I know you disagree, I still maintain that John Jones is the best talent we've ever seen. Um unfortunately, there seems to be, you know, balance in the universe, I guess. Uh someone is 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 gifted with so much talent, and to balance that out, they are also cursed with so many demons and so many things that they need to uh, work out and struggle with mentally. Um, as far as in inside the cage, you know, I will I will continue to debate that John Jones is is the best talent we've ever seen. By the same token, I will also tell you I think he is the worst train wreck we've ever seen outside of the cage. And I, I don't prefer to talk about the outside of the cage stuff. You know, whenever Conor McGregor messes up, you know, I, I don't really care to talk about it, but I, I feel like we have to address the John Jones thing. So of course, everybody listening to this show knows what happened with John Jones. He gets inducted to the hall of fame for his fight with Alexander Gustafson that you believe he lost, and I still maintain that he won four out of five rounds. And I, I, I guess you know we we've agreed to disagree on this time and time again. Oh yeah. 
within hours he's arrested and okay i i can i can understand like he gets inducted to the hall of fame parties a little too hard ends up in jail if that were the only <laughs> details of the story i think you know we just let this slide like all right he party a little too hard it's vegas you know some guys just can't handle vegas <sighs> but you bring domestic abuse into it and then you bring in i mean alleged domestic abuse since um his fiance you know refused to tell the police that she was abused but she was bloodied up and you know looking a mess to the point where the security guard at Caesar's palace called the police and said, you know, there's potential domestic violence. Police came, checked out the hotel room, found blood on the sheets. And, and the most heartbreaking part of it, Jeff, is that John Jones's kids were in the room. So apparently what happened was John goes out partying, leaves his fiance and his, you know, the mother of his children alone in the hotel comes back in the middle of the night to grab $10,000 in cash to go back to the strip club, which, look, I'm not going to judge anybody's lifestyle. I, I, I can't get that kind of permission. I can't come back to the hotel in the middle of the night, grab 10 grand, and, all right, honey, all right, kids, you know, go back to bed. Daddy's going to go, you know, you know, whatever he does, you know, let some strippers rub their buttholes on my nose um you know i don't know what he's doing with that i don't know what you get for 10 grand <laughs> strip club <laughs> but you know that obviously he has some kind of arrangement with his fiance where like all right you know i'm i'm the breadwinner i'm the world champion you know you stay home take care of the kids and i get to go out and you know you know, spend a bunch of money as long as I'm still taking care of, you know, whatever their arrangement is, I don't care. When I start to care is when you're a world champion fighter bulking up to heavyweight. You're the biggest you've ever been. And in my opinion, the most talented fighter on the planet. And you decide that you have to put your hands on the mother of your children in front of the kids. This is where you become the biggest piece of shit on the planet to me. Like, there's no excuse for this behavior. And then he puts out an Instagram video like, um, leaving alcohol in my past forever. It's, you don't get to blame this on alcohol, John. This is not about alcohol. This is about you being a piece of shit. Because all alcohol will do is lower your inhibitions and, you know, show everybody who you really are. And if you're, you're beating the mother of your children in front of your children. Like you're just human garbage. And there's no, I, I don't know how else to put it, man. Like, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking because here you have like such an, a great talent and, you know, he's putting his hands not only on an untrained person, not only on a woman, but like the mother of your children. I can't, I can't fathom this. Like, I don't know, Jeff. Give me your take. Yeah, dude, it's it's unacceptable. And, you know, it's it's even hard to listen to you, you know, talk me through that because this is something that shouldn't happen at all, ever. Um, but yeah, dude, I, you know, as much as I as I 
um, you know, shit on John Jones, you know, you know, I, I just, I don't see anything that I can defend here. Um, you know, I think he's a great fighter, but that's, that's where my respect for him ends. Um, and, you know, and like you said, for me, the greatest of all time will always be Anderson Silva uh, or GSP, depending on my mood. But, um, but yeah, dude, it's just, this shouldn't happen. There's no reason for this to happen. And, you know, your, your whole career, um, you know, you don't, you don't have to go to a job you hate from nine to five to take care of your family. You know, you get to do something that not even 1% of the population gets to do. And like you said, you know, this mm-hmm. guy is so blessed with talent and ability and a skill set, um, you know, where, you know, he's at, he's at the point where easily on just without sponsorships and everything probably makes 500 grand a fight. If, if that's what he wants, mm-hmm. he gets to call the shots. And like mm-hmm. all of that is still not enough for him that he needs to go to this. Uh, it's just, it's unacceptable, Bill. Yeah. And just to personalize this a little bit. So my daughter's three now and um, you know, I, I'll never claim to be a perfect person to the point, you know, where I should be judging other people for their behavior. You know, I, I have my flaws and my vices just like anybody else, but um, you know, on the, and I have a, a really great relationship with my wife, you know, this Jeff, you know, we're, we're very amicable, but you know, like any relationship, sometimes we'll raise our voices at each other or have a disagreement. And the way it upsets my daughter, uh, when those things happen in those rare moments where, you know, we may bicker or, you know, just argue about something silly, um, the way it upsets her. Um, I, I could never imagine anything escalating further, um, just for her sake. Um, so that, that, that's what really bothers me about this. Like as a, as a father, you know, to the point where, you know, John Jones's kid was asking the security guard to call the police. Like, come on, man, this is not. This is not a problem you can blame on alcohol. And then he's challenging the police officers to a fight. Um, I don't know if you heard this part of it, Jeff, where he was in handcuffs and he says to the cop, like, I wonder if you guys attacked me, how long it would take me to beat all of you up. Um, And the cop was like, this is not something to joke about, man. Like, if you try to do anything, we're going to tase you. And then you're going to prison. Like, I, I just... I can't wrap my head around like what's going through his mind. Like this is total sociopath behavior where, you know, even after the fact he's like, Oh, you know, I'm never going to drink again. Not like, Oh, I would never hurt my fiance or I would never want to do anything in front of my kids like that. Like my behavior was unacceptable. Nothing like that. Um, So there's just no, there's just no redeeming qualities here. Um, you know, he's, he's trash like, and, and that's it. And I, you know, I, I want to, you know, because I've, I've come down pretty hard on, uh, on Greg Hardy in the past. So, and everybody knows that I'm a big fan of the way John Jones fights. So I want to make sure that I really get across here that, um, this is really disturbing to me. And, 
you know, I can't, I can't vouch for the guy anymore. Um, it, you know, especially with the things in the past and just seems like he's never going to learn his lesson until he gets himself killed or he gets, you know, put in prison for the rest of his life. It just seems like that's, that's the path we're headed down. And it's like, he never has remorse for anything. You know, the guy gets caught with steroids and they have to move the entire venue of a fight just so he can participate in the last uh, Gustafson fight. And he's just like, yeah, you know, I'm John Jones. Like the, the world has to, has to bow down to me. And like, everybody has to um, adjust their lives to, to suit me. Um, And that's just not the kind of thing that, you know, I can vibe with. That's just not the, the kind of person that, you know, people, you know, this, this guy is a, a, a hero for like kids, you know, who, who watch them fight, watch them win championships. You know, they, they have posters of them on their wall and, and things like that. And then, you know, you come out and do, do shit like this and it, everybody realizes that you're just a piece of shit human. Um, and I hope everybody's keeping this same energy, especially the people who were kind of, um, lobbying him to get more money to fight Francis Ngannou. You know, imagine how, imagine, you know, you put a heavyweight championship around this guy's waist and give him more money. Imagine like the, the destruction you're going to get. So what's, what's the solution, Jeff? A lot of people are calling for Dana White to cut him. I happen to disagree. I think, you know, keep him under contract and just don't let him work, I think is a better solution. You know, he's, he's in his early thirties. He's going to be leaving his prime real soon. Um, so if you cut him, he goes, you know, to one championship or, or, you know, whoever Bellator, whoever's going to give him the biggest payday. And, um, you know, he's going to continue to fight and, and be successful. If you keep him under contract, you keep him unemployed. He's got no revenue right now and he forfeited his championship. So, um, and, and Bruce makes a good point that, you know, that the headlines actually help the UFC. Um, you know, so if you're a promoter, you, you're, you like wag your finger at him. Like, no, 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 John, that's wrong. And then meanwhile, you're like, look how many views we're getting. Um, that's just the way the business works. I understand that. Um, and that's a good point. And, you know, when he finally does, uh, get a fight, a lot of people will be like, Oh, I hope Francis Ngannou teaches him a lesson. Um, I'm not one of those people. I don't think he's going to learn his lesson, getting his ass kicked. Like, that's just not, that's just not how it works. Like he'll just make an excuse and, and, you know, convince himself that it was a fluke. Um, but yeah, I, I say keep him under contract and just put him on the bench until he gets so iced out that like, you know, but then at the same time, you got John Jones with nothing to do. That's a dangerous John Jones for the people around him. You know, I'm concerned for his family right now. Um, you know, whether he's drinking alcohol or not, you know, he's shown his true colors here. Uh, so what do you think, Jeff? What's the move if you're the UFC? Yeah, Bill, uh, I was I was thinking of cutting him until, you know, you brought up the point of freezing his revenue, essentially, uh, which I don't think is a bad move. But I don't I don't know if there is a solution. Um, Bill, you know, 
this is <clears throat> this type of behavior has been encoded in him and mm-hmm. there have never been consequences for him um like yeah. dude as a teacher as a teacher i can i can tell you who's gonna which of my students are gonna end up like that in the future mm-hmm. and i've only known them for a month i could tell you which mm-hmm. ones are gonna be in gangs which ones are gonna get pregnant before they even finish high school so you know this has been encoded into him there have never been consequences for him um and you know unfortunately uh there there is no solution you know what you said i think is great um but you know it, john jones wouldn't learn anything from it mm-hmm. yeah and um i mean you know me jeff i've been the biggest defender of john jones um you know in terms of his fighting legacy but you know the the way he's going to be remembered now is just at at best a shitty person you know no nobody's gonna talk about you know when you talk about john jones you're gonna talk about all the shitty things he's done you know not you know becoming the youngest ufc champion not like the slew of legends that he beat you know it's gonna be you know, the drugs, the alcohol, the domestic violence, the hit and run, um, you know, go on down the list, six arrests since his time in the UFC. Like, obviously something is not clicking for this man. Like something is not right in his brain um, that he behaves this way. And, you know, you get some people who still want to put more money in his pocket to fight Francis Ngannou or, or whatever the case. I say keep him under contract and don't let him fight. Um, you know, just keep brushing them off. Um, and I think that's the punishment because if you cut them, you're basically handing them over while he's hot with a lot of headlines to a competitor. Um, he's going to get a payday. Uh, he's going to get people who are going to watch him fight regardless. Um, and, um, yeah, it's a really unfortunate situation and, um, Kind of a bummer to talk about but i felt like uh we needed to address it so there you have it and it's 11 a.m and i feel like i need a drink now um so i guess we could uh start to wrap this up do you have anything positive we can uh, end the show on here jeff um it, it's finally october um, so Bill, like you said, uh, school year is going to speed up a little bit and, uh, specifically like, I feel like that November is where it really starts to where Cause the holidays are hitting us like back to back to back basically. Um, mm-hmm. and Bill, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood. Uh, you know, just because I'm starting to think about how the soccer season, uh, it lightens up for us a little bit. Our games are a little bit more spread out. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I said, man. Uh, I'm lucky we don't have any wins yet on the JV side, but I got a great group of girls. Bill, the, the other day we found somebody's uh, purse and, uh, you know, th- giving it back to, to the owner. Uh, she was so grateful and so happy. She wanted to buy the team ice cream. I was like, I'll buy the team ice cream. You Don't worry about <laughs> it. Um, but, awesome. uh, yeah. Yeah, so it was a it was a really nice gesture. She was super grateful. I mean, we we found some money and uh, it looked like some medications in there. So we were really happy to get it back to her because you know she, she definitely needed it back. Yeah, that's the important thing to remember is that you know there's only a handful of John Joneses. There's still a lot of good people out there. 
Um, so it's, it's good to hear things like that. Um, you know, I always like to keep things on the positive side. So it, it bothers me to even, you know, talk about something so negative, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you got a good group of girls. They have a great coach at the helm. So, um, sometimes you know, when I don't yeah. lose it on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, your, your, your heart and your head are in the right place. Um, yeah. So if you guys want to, um, represent the show, of course you can pick up some merchandise. Our friends at team Reaper, reaper1.co is the website. I'll put the link in the show notes as always use the promo code MMA rocks 10, save yourself 10% on our t-shirts, hoodies, and tank tops or you could buy anything else on the website and the promo code will be good for you as well. Um, yeah, fun fights on the horizon. We got a lot of cool things going on in MMA that, that don't involve, um, you know, any negativity. So that's always a good thing. And, um, you know, we, we're always looking for you guys to reach out. Uh, I appreciate all the comments, all the shares, all the feedback, even the criticism. Um, you know, I've got a thick skin. I can handle some criticism. Um, yeah, anything else you want to get off your chest, Jeff? Um, you know, it's your birthday month, so <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I unfortunately cannot be there because I'm pretty sure we have a game. Uh, that that week, but Bill, um, I'm excited. I know you and the wife got uh got some fun plans. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure she. So my it's irrelevant that it's my birthday because my wife's birthday is is two days beforehand. So it's her birthday month. I'm just kind of like existing in it. Uh, <laughs> that's the way that goes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure she's got tons of fun things planned for us. Probably Disney World three weeks in a row <laughs> we're just to celebrate our birthdays honey we're gonna go to disney every week <laughs> um yeah so that'll be cool um yeah so i guess that's it uh if you guys want to get a hold of jeff you can re reach him at animal underscore wilson twitter and instagram and you guys know how to get a hold of me it's at mma on the rocks everywhere on social media and that's all we got so until next time Cheers, everybody. Bye.